Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. We're wondering, should you get time off of work or whatever you're doing when your pet passes away? Earlier this week, American TV show host uh, John Stewart, who's returned to The Daily Show, spoke about losing his pet dog, Dipper. They brought out this one-ish-year-old brindle pit bull who uh, hit hit my car in Brooklyn and lost his right leg. I thought I'd get further. (laughs) So it was a perfect idea. They put the dog in my lap, and uh, we left that day feeling really good that we'd helped this great organization. And we also left with this, this one-ish year old Brenda Pitbull. We called him Tipper. And uh, in a world of good boys, he was the best. Oh, God. Thank you for playing that. I'm like my ear, my ears, my eyes are steaming up here um, because I am now a dog owner as well. And I know how quickly they can worm their way into your heart. But it has sparked off a huge conversation about losing a pet. And this is something that many of us can relate to and whether or not it's taken seriously enough. And I am actually joined on the phone line by uh, Nisi O'Keefe, who lost her dog, Jess. Nisi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you as well. Um, so you lost your dog, Jess. You had her for quite some time. And I feel I understand why this completely shattered you. Oh, my God. I wasn't able to function. It was the grief was just so bad. I don't think I've ever grieved like that. Um, I had her for 10 years. She got cancer. Unfortunately, it wasn't found until it was uh, far too late. Mm. And um, I found her in the shed and... Um, yeah, that was it. And um, yeah, I just wasn't able to function and uh, ran work. And unfortunately for me, I had a boss at the time who was very understanding and I got a couple of days. But there was no way that I could have gone into work that day. I was... Yeah. And Jess, you know, did you, were you able to get some time off more than obviously the day? Yeah, I got a couple of days. Um, I could have had more if I wanted it. But to be honest with you, I didn't really want to be in the house when she wasn't here. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to go in. But, um, you know, they were very understanding. But I have friends who've lost um, pets who got no time off. And, you know, were kind of told, well, it's only it's only a dog. You know, it's never yeah. only a dog. It's not only a dog. It's not only a cat. It's not only a budgie. It's your best pal. You know, and, and um, do you think we should be taking this more seriously in terms of time away from places of employment for a bereavement period? I really do, and and not just that, but but people around you. I mean, you should never say to somebody like people have said to me on Twitter since I tweeted this. Yeah. Oh, you know what's your problem? It's only a pet. It's only. It's not oh. like uh, it's not like you've lost your best friend, but actually, you have lost your best friend. Yeah. Well, I know we had cats. We had one for 13 years and one for 16. And the first cat passed away. We found her. It sounds like how you found Jess. And the second cat had, we had to decide that she had cancer and we needed to choose when she was being put down. And that was like the worst. And it's just the family, the three of us, my son, my son, my daughter, I don't have a son, my daughter and my husband and I just grieved together. And we actually took a long period of time. And you need that because they are become such an integral part of your life and you love them so much. Absolutely. They're your daily companion. It's morning and night. You end up having a little routine together. Like there was this one thing that Jess would do. 
um, where I would stroke her cheek yeah. before bed and then she would get her paw and she would stroke my cheek mm. in the exact same way. Yeah. She would, she would mimic, mimic it, you know, and just little things like that. But um, tell me you know, then, the way that I, Nisi, tell me this though, you wrote lo- something lovely into us. So Jess passed away, but she sent you somebody else, Ollie. Well, look, you know, I'm not a superstitious person. I'm not, I'm not in any way religious, but um, we've always had a feeling in the family that um, it was just kind of faith that I got Ollie. Yeah. Because um, I, I wasn't going to, I had decided once Jess had died, there is no way I'm getting another pet because I cannot go through this again. But um, I was looking up photos of Jess and I was trying to find a specific one. And I had to go back through my Twitter. And when I went through my Twitter to try to find the photo, I came across of a photo of, of Ollie, right. who, who was um, looking for a new home. Uh, and um, I just saw the dog and I was like, oh, my God, no, don't. Don't get this dog. <laughs> but uh, it's the best decision that I ever well, made because I'd, he's... Yeah, I'd like to... I'm interrupting you, sorry. I'd like to pass that along, actually. I have a twin sister in Canada, and she had a Shiba Inu. I don't know if you know what they look like. They're like little foxes, and she had them for eight years, and he's now gone, too, and she's starting to think about it again, but it was a loss. Like, it was horrible. Like, she actually FaceTimed us with him so we could say goodbye to him. It was, like, Nisi, it was horrendous. Like, we're all in tears. Um, But I would like, you know, I'd like to tell your story to her to give her you know, comfort in the idea of moving on. And it's not that you're moving on, it's that you're moving in a different direction and you're bringing, you know, another animal with you. Exactly. And the way that I look at it, Jess wouldn't want me to not know the love of another dog. Yeah. She wouldn't want me to be on my own. And um, she, she'd she want me to be happy. And it's great healing when you when you love a dog again. If you can't cut yourself off to it, what are you going to do? you know, go through the rest of your life admiring dogs in the street, waving at them. It's better to just, you know, have that little love in your yeah. life. And it's such a pure thing. Perfect. It's different, a different kind of love, you know. I agree. I agree. Thank you so much for sharing that. We have Mairead on the phone line in Dublin as well. And Mairead, you've called in because you lost your dog recently. Sorry, you talking to me? Yes, Mairead, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay. Um, yes, um, I did indeed. I lost. Yes, I did indeed. I lost um, my dog, Barack Obama. Do you have a radio on? Marie, do you mind turning the radio off if you can, if you're near it, or move away from it? Yeah, okay. So you lost uh, yeah. Barack two yeah. weeks, two weeks ago lost, only? I lost him this day two weeks, yes. Um, yeah. He had a freak accident where he broke his paw, and he had uh, he had been on steady uh, for the last six months, so there was no way he was going to hop around on three legs. Yeah. So uh, basically we brought him to the vet, and uh, uh, on examination there, they discovered he had a tumour on his spleen. Mm. And I suppose that, yeah, I suppose there was no alternative but to um, perform yeah. euthanasia. Yeah. But so, Marie, the yeah. thing is, the sad thing is, and we always say this, and our dog is a rescue and she's exceptionally nervous, is that we wish they could talk to us because if they do feel unwell, they can't, We, you know, there's certain signs we can pick up on and certain things that we can do for them, but we can't fully communicate with that. And he could, you know, they can't tell us, I need help right now. Um, so you're yeah. going to go uh, through... The only thing is that uh, um, I, uh, I noticed that the dog had been panting a little bit, not yeah. too much, but seemingly that's a sign of underlying pain. And he probably did have underlying pain from the tumour. Yeah, of course. On his spleen, which so, we didn't recognise. So basically that actually made it easier for us to make the decision. Yeah. Well, we, we actually had no alternative. 
Yeah, it does make you feel less guilty about it, even though you shouldn't feel guilty. So, Marie, do you have a period ahead of you of grief, obviously, but maybe like Nisi was saying, you might consider something else again down the road. But thank you so much for sharing the story with us on Lunchtime Live. And we've got on the phone line as well, a dog behavioralist or pet behavioralist, not just dogs necessarily, Susie Walsh. How are you, Susie? Hi, Alison. Hi, and thanks for having me on. Thanks. Mine's still a mess, by the way. I'll be calling you after the show. <laughs> so, Susie, um, it's undeniable that we have bonds with our pets. Like, it, it's really strong. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. That's why they're not called companion animals for anything else. They probably just deep companionship and actually a huge amount of domesticated and companion animals have their own language with us that they've developed over the time of, you know, being around just humans and they actually communicate with Mm -hmm. us in a very specific way. And so naturally we become very, very attached to them emotionally and they become, they're dependent as well. So we look after them, we care for them and they never become independent. So that's a huge thing. So they're totally dependent on you looking after them, you caring for them, all their needs must be met. And so that takes on a massive emotional toll on a human. It does. Um, so is yeah. it is like when we lose an animal, like like Nisi was saying, and I know like it does come up a lot that, you know, people are almost made fun of it. Like you say, like it's just a dog or it's just a cat. But like, is it something we talk about enough, the mental strain that has on people when they do grieve for an animal? I think grief is grief. Mm. It doesn't matter if you agree with somebody's grief or not, you need to have empathy for it. Regardless or not, have you had that experience there? You know, like you said, some people will never have had a pet before, so maybe they can't identify, or maybe they had a, a pet that they didn't particularly bond with, or it was used for work or that kind of thing. But if somebody's feeling emotional distress and loss, then we need to appreciate that and we need to put mental health at the forefront, which we always we don't often do, and we tend to assume that people are going to get up and get on with it. If you've looked after a dog for or a cat or whatever animal you have bonded with for such a significant part of their whole life yeah. and such a significant part of your life, then it is a loss and you need to mourn and you need to, if people aren't allowed to grieve and they aren't allowed to take that time to have, you know, their own thoughts and their own, you know, you know, have, have empathy around that, then that's going to, they're going to suffer long term. Yeah. You know, we can't all just get up and get on with it. No, exactly. You know? And the other thing is like, you know, people recognize their own loss as, you know, the, the humans in the household, but like animals can like have a sense of loss for one another. Oh, I work with that a lot. And it's really, it's really, it's one of a very emotional part of my job <laughs> where actually, in fact, you know, the two dogs in the house and one of them unfortunately loses their life, whether it's been euthanasia or whatever, and the other animal grieves, especially those people who have multiple pets that are bonded in their home. Really, they need to see the other, the, the other their companion dog pass. So dogs need to see and cats need to see their companion pass because as far as they're concerned, they leave the house one day and they don't come back. Yeah. And that really can be really, really distressing for the animal. Um, yeah. and, and as well as that for people, if they lose a person, if a person goes to hospital and they never return, that's also um, animals do absolutely grieve. We know that through not just domesticated animals, all animals across the board um, of any walk in life are capable. Grieve. Yeah. And would you have advice, Susie, for, you know, people who maybe have an elderly animal or pet or dog and are thinking of getting something else? Is that something you do advise? Like, I mean, it doesn't lessen the loss because the you know unique bond with each animal, but is it something you would advise? Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, it can be very hard to bring in a young pet when yeah. you have an elderly pet. That can cause its own problems. But absolutely, a lot of people, I do have a lot of people who, you know, as their senior pet is getting a little bit older, they might think about bringing a younger animal into the, and the household. I don't know if it lessens the loss at all, but 
that sense of, I suppose, like you, if, if you went home today and Betty wasn't there, you'd feel that sense of loss in the house where yeah. you just have that warmth of an animal and their presence is just really noticeable when it's, when, when they're gone. So that can, that can be a huge thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not recommending any of your listeners go out and get yes. a second or a third or a fourth. Just something to think but of, yeah, maybe, or how they could be set into your of. life. Yeah. Oh, Susie Walsh, thank you so much for your time on Lunchtime Live here on News Talk. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you again soon, anyway, off air. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.